Hello and welcome to the PK Soccer Youth Coaching Podcast with me, Paul Kelshaw. During this time, I will be discussing many topics surrounding the youth game and what people like me are doing to improve the standards of coaching, player development, spectator understanding and personal growth, especially here in the US. I will be giving my opinion as well as talking to friends, colleagues, past and present, who have had a positive impact on my own personal coaching development, but whom I also believe are having a positive impact in the game today. In this episode, I got the chance to talk to my good friend, Tal Smith. Tal is a coaching instructor and educator with the United States Soccer Federation. When I found out that Tal was pursuing a master's in physical education, I was very intrigued. I wanted to talk to him about the transition from soccer coach to coaching educator and why it was important to him. I also was interested in the effort and commitment it takes to become a coaching educator with the USSF and the value of always learning. Today I am joined by my good friend Tal Smith. Tal is a USSF coaching instructor for grassroots and sea license courses. Tal, thanks for joining me. You're welcome, PK. Good to be here. So first, I wanted to talk about uh, your story of becoming a coaching educator and instructor. So if we could start off, could you give us a, a brief history of your playing and coaching history from wherever you want to start? Uh, yep. Playing-wise, not much to speak about, really. Never was never really blessed in the playing department, and I never pretended that I was. I uh, played at university in England and then did some semi-pro stuff, but eventually came over here in 2000 to work for a summer camp company. Uh, loved New York and, and wanted to stay out here for longer. Ended up doing a couple of nine-month uh jobs for the same company and then uh, here I am today been here ever since so so then that's how I met you we um it's got to be close to 14 going on 15 years ago now where we um you'd already worked for the company and I joined the company and you were extremely kind and warm to me which I we joke about from time to time but I you know really appreciate uh, you know, the, the patience and time you gave to me when I first joined. Now, I've been friends with you for a while, and I've I've seen you uh, progress and progress up the coaching ladder, and I've been real impressed but with your attention to education. One thing I, re- I remember we coached once in, um, in Great Neck, probably like a, it, they were Friday night sessions, and we co-coached and it was a, a let's be honest a, a, a mishmash of kids and you um they were what we called the soccer tots age group they were probably four or five possibly six years old and we could probably laugh about this now but you you did a spongebob session and i but that but that session i've remembered and it wasn't the uh, and i just changed the characters in fact i i actually run that same you know, basic plan of the the different foundation moves and the progressions of somebody trying to steal the ball. And uh, and I sometimes would still use, you know, SpongeBob is still current to some kids these ages. And I um, 
that's something that I that I remember for a long time. So been learning from you and watching you from a, a distance for a long time. And one thing I've been impressed with is I'll I'll you know I might not hear from you for a while and then I look, oh Tal's in Tal's in Florida. Tal's Tal's here, Tal's there. And he's always got um something where you you seem to be bettering yourself or working on your education. Could you give us talk to us about how have you had the the time and to make and to fund your coaching licenses and could you talk a little bit about that pathway in your coaching career? Yeah, I uh, I always believe well, I believe strongly in staying current and just like your example with SpongeBob and you and you change it depending on what the kids are watching to there, you stay current with the themes, the soccer side of things needs to needs to be current too, because the game's always evolving. We know that systems of play, styles of play, um, formations, what kids can do, everything changes constantly. So I, I believe strongly in staying current. And in order to stay current, you need to be out there, you need to be listening to other people's viewpoints, stealing from other departments, whether it's just education, putting physical education aside, uh, how kids learn, but also looking at the soccer side of things and, and what kids are capable of doing and, and what we know they're capable of doing from a cognitive and a physiological standpoint. So I think it's really important. Um, how I managed to do it, I, was, I initially started on what was then the NSCAA pathway. I did the advanced national and then the Premier. I previously had a UEFA B, so I was able to jump straight to the Advanced National back then. And when you when you did these courses with the NSCAA, were you going to Florida in the winter? Or were you traveling, or were you doing them locally? Yeah, the uh, Advanced National, I believe, was in Florida, and the Premier I did in Bloomsburg. Um, I was lucky at the time because Naga... The company I worked for believed in education too, so they would subsidize 50% of the course at that time. So that was a huge help. And I believe if your employers want you to get better and they want to invest in you, then, and then it's something they should be doing. And you know if you're in a good spot because everybody wants to work for those type of people that really invest in them and, and, and willing to put the trust and financial money into it. So. That's a good point. I I don't think young coaches realize the, the benefits of working summer camps or working for a company like Noga where you um the, the amount of experience you get and really the amount of attention to detail that these companies do put on on education. I always remember staff training. Everyone seemed to would dread staff training. Me included, it was more because they, they might have put me uh, at right back and we were building out the back, but that's another story. But the the fact that we were we were brought up in our coaching careers where education and, and training and constant learning was encouraged, I think has been a huge benefit. The reason I wanted to ask about the uh, making time and if you don't mind asking around about the funding of, of doing these licenses and courses was because I somewhat had put 
put it off. I, I put myself through the um, the NSC AA just before it changed. I started in 2004 and I completed the Premier Diploma in 2017. And I'd always put it off. I was always, oh, I don't know if I can go to Florida in January or the thought of flying to California was, I, I just didn't think I could entertain. But I was young and I should have done it. And now I'm realizing that. I um, Could you explain how you went through the process of, of applying for these courses and and why and where you chose to do them? Yeah, so after I left Naga and been out coaching by myself, I still had that drive and I still wanted to stay current and, and get educated. And, and that combined with wanting to go down the USSF pathway um, really drove me to seek out this, the courses that they were offering. Um, and it's just, it was as simple as going on a website, seeing when the, the course became open, and then submitting an application. Uh, then you have to wait to see if you've been accepted onto the course, because they do fill up really quick. But, and I'm, we're talking about the, the A and the B license. Um, they're limited space. They're only offered a couple of times a year. So it's competitive and it's difficult to get on. Well, that was the experience I had. Um, as far as going to different areas of the country to do them, partly because that's where they were offered. There wasn't one offered in New York at that time, although we do offer C licenses in New York now. Uh, but also because I wanted to experience other people's opinions and, and how it was done in the rest of the country. Because what you find is when you work in an area like Long Island or Virginia or wherever you work in, it, it becomes like a little bit of a bubble and you only interact with the same people all the time. And I think there's a lot of value in collaborating with people outside of, of that bubble to see how it works or how it doesn't work in the rest of the country and with different people and different kids no i i agree with you i complete the c license in new york and i thought for my for my next challenge i need to i'm going to get away i'd always done my my coaching education where i was relatively local i'd traveled and i thought this time i'm and I'm, I'm getting on a plane i'm going to stay in a dorm or a hotel and I'm going to make this happen. And I went to Chicago, 2007, and it was a a daunting thing, you know, when, when you have a, a wife and kids and you're explaining that, you know, no, you can't come with me, I'm going on my own. But it was such a, a you know, a great experience. And the course was, or oh, most of the people on the course, they're all college coaches from the Midwest. You know, people that I've never wouldn't have typically have, have experienced or seen them coach. So I, I definitely agree with you there. It was um, a great experience. And anyone that has the opportunity to uh, to do a coaching license, they should definitely do it. So once you you had gone through the NSCAA and the USSF Pathways, what made you want to become an educator? Was it was that always um, what you were aiming to do, or is it something that that came by accident? 
there's, there's twofold really. Firstly, I've always seen myself as an educator. So just because coach education actually has the word education in, like when we're coaching kids, I, I see myself as an educator more so than a, than a soccer teacher. You know, I'm, I'm there to, to coach the child as a whole, not just working on their technical skills, but also taking a holistic approach to, to working with that child and getting to know them and, and, and trying to improve them physically and psychologically and, and make them an all-round better person, not just a better player. So I've always seen myself as an educator. And I, I used to, when I left high school or secondary school in England, I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. That's what I wanted to go into. But my life took a different path and I ended up becoming a coach and I worked with Fulham in, in England and then I came over to the States and it became a full-time job. Since then, I've actually gone back. I'm doing my master's in physical education now because now that I've done all my certifications, my, my soccer certifications, there's a lot of value in how the education world views teaching kids. So I'm going full circle. I'm now learning to be a physical education teacher, but you can draw a lot of parallels from what I'm learning there and transfer it over to soccer quite easily. And that was when I that was I when I found out that you were you had gone back to school to to gain a master's in education or in physical education. I w was was really impressed, especially when we, you know, both full time coaches, both have children, both have, you know, a wife. It we've got to balance family and and business. And to be able to do this, I, I'm been really impressed that you've the amount of um, attention that you that you've given to education. Do you think this is? Are you seeing? Are you noticing a difference in the way that you're you're coaching kids or and adults now? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, thankfully, and I I give the USSF great credit here from teaching the courses over the last couple of years a lot of the stuff they're doing as it relates to adult learners and and how to present information and what they're teaching coaches is being done in the education side too so i'm learning a lot of stuff in at adelphi that i already knew from teaching courses through the ussf so they're drawing a lot of stuff from the education world and, and transferring it over. So it's, it's been a lot easier in that regard, which has been great. So uh, as far as the USSF licenses and your your master's education, it, that's really, you know, um, it's really good to hear that there is some kind of um, consistency or I'm trying to think of the word that there's, they work together in two in, in becoming um you know a better soccer coach. I also wanted I wanted to ask, and we've briefly spoke about this in the past about the commitment of being a USSF instructor and the time that's involved in in instructing a course. Yeah, the uh, when you actually instruct a course, it it is quite intense. Uh, it's a lot of hours that you put into it. Um, outside of that, there's long periods where you're not doing anything because the courses aren't very regular. We only offer two C's in the New York area 
a year and then uh, on Long Island trying to schedule D licenses is, is difficult because you need a facility that has a field and a classroom because that's the way uh, these courses are going. It's not just about on-field tactics and systems. There's a lot more to coaching than that. So we try to put the whole package out there. Well, I want one thing I know we, we've mentioned before is, say, for example, we there was a, there'd been a field session and then there was, say, a study break for maybe an hour, possibly two, or an extended lunch break. You talk about the, um, you know, what you're doing in that time, because I know we, we talked before about this. You know, this isn't just a time where the instructors are putting their feet up. This is, you know, where you're assessing papers. Could you just talk more yes. on that route? So now um, with the higher level licenses, candidates are required to film themselves coaching sessions, film themselves uh, giving team meetings to players and parents and then there's assignments on top of that so in between the first weekend we meet and the last weekend we meet there's a lot of assessing going on we have to watch countless numbers of videos you know 15 30 minutes of video per candidate and we're doing you know 12 candidates per instructor it's a lot of time put in to assessing and because we want to give quality feedback to the candidates we don't want them to just be left alone we want and we were constantly in contact with them whether it's uh what do you call them conference calls on the on the internet or telephone calls you know regular calls for the cell phones it's a it's a relationship now between the candidate and the instructor it's not okay we'll see you come final assessment time so a three you know and now if you're at the interaction is whether it's three weekends or, or three weeks, it it's really six months of your time, really. You're on call six months of the... Would you say that you're on call around six months of the year to those candidates that are on that one one course or license? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it depends how much they utilise you, really. I mean, yes, we, we tell them, give us a call. These are the times you can call. Like uh, when you would meet a professor, this is the window that you could call me Monday through Friday, and, and that's how we do it. Some candidates don't reach out at all. Some are reaching out on a weekly basis. And I'd um, one thing I, or just really from what I've seen, you know, online, but I've utilized play practice play models. And this really this came into effect after I had, had gained the licenses or the in, had attended the courses. But it is a part of the USSF that I've implemented into my sessions. What kind of coaches have been taking the courses that you've been the instructor on? We offer a wide range of courses now. We do the new grassroots grassroots initiative that came through the, the 4, 4v4 through to 11v11. We get a lot. It's a mixture of candidates on there. We get a lot of parents coming on the courses because they were really designed to increase the amount of education available for people. Ultimately, we're losing the battle. There's so many kids that need coaches and there's not enough coaches to go. So we need to invest time in parents and, and educate them properly also. So the four the four hour courses, the grassroots courses, 
are geared towards giving parents an understanding, but also adding layers to a professional trainer. Um, so they're four hours in duration. We're getting a mixture of parent and professional trainers. Some professional trainers don't see the value in them until they've taken the course. So then we're, I don't need to do a 4v4 course. But when they take the course, they realize there's so many different elements to coaching kids nowadays, whether it's leading a player, leading a team, dealing with parents, dealing with the environment, board members, and that sort of stuff. And, and all of that's taken care of in, in all these courses now. And I also would, you're a busy man. I, how, have you, how do you balance being a business owner, a family man, now in, enrolled in education, and so attending school, and staying healthy and, you know, enjoying the lifestyle you have? It's not, it's not easy, but as I always said, and it's been my mantra, if you like, throughout the whole of this journey, is you've got to invest in yourself, whether it's financial or you or making sacrifices in the short term to make the long term better. Um, as I, I mean, I get annoyed when trainers say, oh, this course is so expensive, I can't put the resources into this. I'm like, why not? You, let's be honest, there's trainers out there that are going out and they're charging $100 an hour. $100 an hour. You can't tell me that you can't afford a course if you're charging parents $100 an hour. I mean, I wouldn't pick a plumber to do some work on my, in, my, in my house and, and give him $100 an hour if he wasn't certified. So I make the, sac the financial sacrifices because I know I'm getting a return on it. It's called professional development. It's the same in any walk of life. If I want to be a doctor, I'm going to go and put money into my education. So once I've become a doctor, I can uh, make a good living and, and look after people. And I, I see the same sacrifices needed in, in this industry. Uh, the time away from the, from the, the kids and, and the wife is difficult. But again, it's just a short-term thing thinking, you know, long-term, we're going to have summer vacation eventually, you know. Yeah. You, you hang on to those dreams, don't you, that, that it's going to get better and this is just something you need to do. Unfortunately for me, there's always going to be something else. So once I did all those certifications, my wife's like, oh, you're done now, great. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go and do a master's in education now. So and I'm sure there'll be something after that. So I just... So you're always looking for the next thing. You're never going to stop. And if it's if it's not soccer related, it's there's always something that you can draw and draw a parallel to, whether it's the science between behind how kids learn or the biomechanics on on how they move or you know advances in technology that we can now utilize. There's always something. Tal, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me. I really appreciated what you had to say. I took down some good notes. If anyone listening would like to get in contact with you, what's the best way to get in contact? They can get me on, twi on Twitter, uh, at T underscore L-O underscore seven. Once again, thank you for listening, and thanks for your time, Tal. I took a lot of great information from Tal. And I really liked his message to stay current 
and invest in yourself and the people around you. Summer camps and coaching organizations are a great way to receive continual growth and experience, especially with on-the-field learning. Coaching courses and licenses are also a great way to interact with other coaches, share ideas and continue your professional development. Thank you for listening to the PK Soccer Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Kelshaw, Instagram at Paul Kelshaw, like my Facebook page at PK Soccer Inc. or send an email paulkelshaw at pksoccer.org. I would also be grateful if you could give the podcast a review and a rating and share with your fellow coaches and friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.